shot first. Come on, grab your friends. We're going to talk about Star Wars and stuff with Connor Olet and Andrew Roman. The fun will never end. Greeter shot first. Well, happy Life Day to you, Connor, and to you, Brian. Ooh, happy Life Day, sir. Is today Life Day? It was a couple days ago, but we're observing today. Fair enough. Yeah, we got it in remembrance of. Yes. Are we sure that wasn't Canadian Life Day? (laughs) Well, it... That could be. That's true. There's always that chance. There's International Life Day. Just, uh, yeah, certain different standards depending on where you are in the world, um, depending on, you know, which which branch you follow. <laughs> well, fair enough. What are you, uh, what's, what's everyone thankful for this, uh, this Life Day then? I am thankful for, well, the Mandalorian. Oh. See, I thought you were going to say your son. See, I, I mean, won't, you know. Well, he was around for last life game. <laughs> so don't uh, want to overdo it. I'm thankful for not only the Mandalorian. Keep him humble. I'm <laughs> thankful for uh the uh the new uh from a certain point of view book. Uh it's been getting very good and very exciting and excited to get my hands on it and learn all the little nuances and whatnot. Brian, what about you? Uh I'm I'm thankful to uh be able to safely do this with you guys. Yeah, that's it's a, right. It's a lot, a lot of fun. Hopefully, everyone else is staying safe too. <laughs> yes, on this, uh, on this life day. But uh, observed, you, observed. It's very important. But you know what else is important is Uta Puta, everybody. Hello and welcome to Greeter Shot First. My name is Connor. I'm Andrew, and we are here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even freaking related to Star Wars. And today, gang, we're back at it. It's Mandalorian season two, episode three, simply titled "The Harris." That's not right. Yeah, well. No, the, <laughs> the Harrison. The, the H, the H. Yeah, is silent. All right, so the hairs, the iris, iris, the iris. That's right. So the is is no, <laughs> the heiress. Simply titled the heiress, directed right. by none other than Bryce Dallas Howard, I believe. That's correct. Awesome. So what's the cast list look like, brother? So and, and again, you know, matter. let's just note yes. Once again, with all of our Mandalorian episodes, we're going full spoilers. If yes. like, if anybody I mention here serves as some sort of spoiler to you, that oh, means you, know you didn't watch the episode. Yeah. Which, maybe why you are should, you listening to this? Yeah. So maybe you should go do that. Come back to us. It'll all be good. It'll all be good. Well, It'll be here when you're ready for should us. Should we do the spoiler-free review real quick? Just be like, hey, do you like it? Do you like it? You want to do that? Uh, sure. All right. Did you like it? Yes. Okay. Did you like it? Mm-hmm. All right. What's the cast list? Ready? Spoilers. One, two, three, go. All right. I guess I liked it too. <laughs> so this episode starring Pedro Pascal as Din Jaren. Misty Rosas as Frog Lady. Oh, she's back. Mercedes Varnado, better known as Sasha Banks. Oh. If you're a uh, WWE stan. Oh yes. Plays Casca Reeves. That's cool, Katie man. Sackhoff as Bo Katan Kreese. Oh, she's back. She's back. Simon Cassiandes as Axe Woves. It's a cool name. It is a cool name. Titus Welliver as Unidentified Imperial Captain. Uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito makes his long-awaited return as Moff Gideon. That's true. And uncreditedly, we have John Cameron Mitchell as Frogman. Norwood Cheek as the Mon Calamari Server. Hmm. Kevin Dorff as Deck Officer. <laughs> Alexander Wraith as freighter pilot and Philip Alexander as the security officer. Interesting. I, 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 
I wasn't sure if I recognized uh, the main um, Imperial guy, like the one that was up, up in the actual cab. Mm-hmm. I know he looked familiar, but I always just felt like he was just one of those guys. He has like a great, I mean, he has like a Star Wars name. Yeah. Very generic bad guy. Very generic bad yeah. guy. Yeah, he's uh, like I. I think I saw like I looked on his IMDb really quick, and like he's been like a bit part on like at least a dozen of like TV's golden ages like best right shows, which probably suggests that like he was a villain on all of them. Oh yeah, for one capacity or another, he has that like stony face. Yes. Uh, so what he about- was in like Comcast commercials, I think too. Oh, probably, <laughs> probably now. So what's the um, what is the overview for this episode? The Mandalorian braves high seas and meets unexpected allies, and that's it. That's all. I love it. I love that they keep it so small and so simple, but it's yeah. still just it makes it just as exciting. Um, so I mean, I don't know how we want to go about this. If we want to keep doing, you know, what we've been doing and just do the play by play, but uh, I want to just say right off the bat that I thought this was a fun little intro. Yes. Uh, so far, they've been knocking it out of the park with their cold opens, I feel like, this entire season. Agreed. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. The cold opens bring the heat. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, intended. Like, again, this goes back the to... the perspiration. <laughs> this goes back to, like, us seeing, like, this is all, you know, parts that we've seen in the trailer thus far. We've seen the uh, the Razor Crest, I mean, all beat up, thinking that it was in some kind of, like, malicious dogfight, just limping itself to Trask. And that's mm-hmm. how it opens up. You know, they're just about to get there. And then you realize, like, oh, they're probably going to shake apart on, you know, re-entry and everything like that. And so uh, they need to work together to get themselves down. And just the whole sequence of them working together to get themselves down and, like, slow down and, like, get themselves onto the landing pad. It was perfect. It's all. It's everything that I love about Star Wars. Agreed. Like, and and are you familiar with like the homage paying that we see in this kind of crash landing sequence? Yes, but I want you to tell me like I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. So, so as they're entering the atmosphere and it like you know the Razor Crest is basically burning up and it's perspirating inside because the humidity is really high. Yes. Uh, all of this is a direct homage to Bryce Dallas Howard's Poppy's famous film, Apollo 13. No way. Yes. That's it's, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, she basically recreated the... The capsule uh, like re-entry. The, yeah, the capsule re-entry That's from cool Apollo look. 13. That's cool. Which was directed by, by Ron daddy. Howard. Yeah. That's Opie. cool. <laughs> well, that makes more sense. I mean, like, it's like I said, I love the fact that, like, you, you saw that he had it handled and, like, had had his engine not like backfired at the wrong moment like he would have had a smooth sailing and he would have been looking just as cool but then it was just a dip boop, and all of a sudden just like right over into the water and you saw the moncala just like shaking his head yep he I, I think it's remarkable that you can get someone in that moncala that the mon calamari um get up well, to look like stunned and like just <laughs> disappointed yeah yeah well the reason why and there's another good story here uh-oh is that there's really I don't know that there is anybody in there because I believe it's just a puppet. Oh, you know what? Possibly at that point because especially if we look at the eyes too, and like the the eyes that we have from like the Moncala, especially Akbar. He's, he's the protos he's the prototype uh, Moncala. Everyone knows him, right? But his eyes are set; they're fixed. Mm-hmm. They just look constantly out, and they could possibly look forward. Whereas with this one, you actually saw him, you know projecting himself he was looked forward he looked left and right and stuff like that even though the eyes were on the side of his head and i i appreciated that they they did a lot more legwork with the makeup and everything so even if it was a puppet it was really damn good puppet. and among the puppeteers operating this mon cal oh no there is a very famous puppeteer 
Anybody want to wager a guess as to who it is? I think it's Iden Versio, isn't it? Well, you're correct. It is. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Someone paid attention. Yes. So Janina <laughs> Gravankar, better known for her role as Iden Versio in, in the, the Battlefront. Battlefront. Yeah, exactly. In the campaign. Uh, I guess she like kind of cut her teeth in show business, like working various behind-the-scenes jobs. Mm-hmm. And among those was puppeteering. So like she That's actually awesome. is like a, a card carrying like puppeteer union member. What a freaking title to have. <laughs> Duncan, did you know that was a possibility when you were, you went into your line of work? So my question is I've never, I've never directly worked with puppeteers, but so do they have their own union or do they fall under like the screen actors guild? I, that... Are they just a specialized <laughs> Isn't that what like, the U and chapter? Muppet stands for? It's union? Yeah, I, I admit I did not delve that deeply into Either way, session. either way, she's got she's credited with a, a whole slew of different puppeteering gigs. Yeah. That seems and like that's it, awesome. It's yes. a whole can of worms we have to dive into. That's a whole other show. Yeah. Yes. That's interesting. Gonna have to go back through and, and find <laughs> out what else we might know her from. Uh, also, I want to give props to that Mon Calamari for his impeccable sense of style. I was going to yes. say that sweater, that cable knit sweater, sweater. Was very comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a meme after the after my first watch of this episode where it's like, "Really? Come on, Donna, down in wardrobe. You're really just pulling stuff <laughs> off the rack from J.C. Penney." Come and, on! And it was and then, literally a screenshot of yeah. that exact sweater yeah. in a J.C. Penney catalog. I mean, no, for what it's worth, like it's just. It gives you some chowder vibes. Like I feel like, <laughs> so like just just all the scenes that are on the dock in general. Like it has a very New England, yeah, wharf feels like yeah. Maine. Feel. Yeah, you're exactly. Yeah. You're in like Portland, Maine. Yes, just, like, <laughs> but like I'm saying, that's all I'm saying is like you kind of want clam chowder. In yeah, you're gonna go like, eat some fresh some, lobster rolls. Yeah, something right. Especially with the sweater. I really, I really wish we would have gotten gotten some hard like New England accent out of some of these characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you gonna do about just... a small car? Wait, no, that's, that's more mad. <laughs> I was gonna Sorry. say. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know accents anymore. Except just Yinzer. That's my bad. <laughs> that's all right. It's our uh, native tongue. <laughs> but so, uh, also with the we you know with the title card coming gone and like the razor crest going into the water versus onto the plate. This also gives us another chance to see more civilian hardware out there. Yes. Uh, so I don't know if you had this in your notes or not, but what did everyone think of the civilian ATAT, uh, so to speak? Like the one with the crane on it? My, my not funny pun was just, I guess this is an ATCT, an Ooh. all-terrain crane transport. That's not a bad idea. It, it, you know what? That might even be the acronym for what it's worth. Probably. Yeah. But I like it. I like it that like they show that it's repurposed. Like I'm sure that those were literally just the legs of an ATAT, and they just retrofitted it and something like that. But seeing stuff like that in in Star Wars is always interesting. Just seeing this civilian, you know, uh, it's not it's not starships, it's not capital ships and stuff like that. You know, it's just someone's car, it's someone's bike. Like it's regular everyday people stuff, and that's what the, I mean. Even though this is a crane, mm-hmm. it's still a cool crane, and it made it made. It, I don't know. I just love water planets on in Star Wars in the <laughs> yes. first place. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I mean, I just love when you get to see those sorts of repurposed mm. uh, equipment just being used in daily life, and it just feels yeah. so familiar but so different. And that's just something that Mandalorian has done such a good job of. It g- keeps going back to the idea that it's a lived-in galaxy. Exactly. You know, it, it's not so much it's just spit and polish, and like because I mean that's. Kind of how Din presents himself, especially with his new armor. He looks like he's freshly made. Yeah. But everything else around him is still grimy. It's still just run down, you know, and I still appreciate that. Yeah. I was uh, having this thought um, 
while watching this episode. And it is just like, there's this incredible like capacity for building massive, impressive things. Yeah. But it's also like every store, like we don't see, you know, Star Wars supermarkets or uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, chain restaurants or anything. We've it's seen... always like this little inn. Yeah. Like, we've such... seen some bazaars, mm-hmm. so to speak, but like that's been in like some movies here and there. That's about right. It. But, but yeah. again, that kind of points to what I'm saying is like the overall, like, economy of the universe is very low-key very small business yes you think it's like it's different black like black friday hours for different planets different galaxies well they probably observe different holidays that's true life not everybody observes life Life day Day. that's true you wake up after eating all that nerf roast and stuff like that (laughs) that's right (laughs) that sounds delicious Uh, uh i just want to throw my two cents in not to jump too far ahead and spoil other details from the episode, but I love the fact that it looks like a like a repurposed ATAT. Cause I feel like that kind of reinforces the lore that they get into later with that planet and that port being like a hub for black, black market. market. Yes. Like repurposed and stolen imperial um, military equipment. Just yes. Used, reused. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that makes sense. Like and they're it's, very thrifty. It's good. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're able to use it for good versus yeah. you know use it for their own gain, so to speak, stuff like that. Like I like that, that idea. That gives me the warm and fuzzies. <laughs> it it shows that it's working on car- commerce or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, but so uh, this also leads into uh, what I still I still hold to believe one of the best love stories of this of 2020. Yes. Uh, the reuniting of Frog Lady with Frog Band. And as they both scream and frog and run at each other, <laughs> it is adorable. Uh, it's just it's just so cute that like you just feel. I felt so good just that like because I I think like we all said in the last episode I think everyone was more or less afraid that she was gonna die or she was gonna give off her life force to save her children or some dramatic you know life saving thing and no she made it. Yes. And not only that, but she still gets to see her hubby. Yes. And that made me happy. Yes. You know, it made Eva happy too. Agreed. <laughs> and their little embrace was very, very sweet, very touching. Oh my and God. and well, he's they, he's a real chauvinist. Like he as soon as he sees her, he says, Give me the eggs. Like, let me take those from you. Yeah. Din never did that. No, he was more forceful. He was just like, get it back in the thing. Yeah. He's more afraid of being eaten for that matter. Well, they <laughs> they take the eggs, they put them on the ground, and then they like embrace over them. And they held on that beat for just long enough where I was like, are you guys going to do this right here? <laughs> yeah, yeah like, are, we need to make are, more are you eggs. you fertilize those eggs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Come on, guys. That would have yeah. been awkward. I think they finally, uh, I know like a few episodes in season one, they tried to keep it at like TVPG. Mm. They've at least, I think all of these have been like TV 14. So. Yeah, for sure. A little, a little more dangerous. So it could, yeah, it can, can show a little bit more. Well, uh, so what did everyone think of uh, the inn once uh, Din's like uh, located, told to go into the inn and interact with the locals, so to speak? Um, well, go ahead. I guess my, I mean, the inn itself is a very cool setting. Like, I liked the kind of just like the, tubes, the, the tubes, the sky <laughs> crane soup chowder, dispenser, chowder. <laughs> yeah, chowder back. I don't know. How I, you I, call yeah, it. and I love the that the menu is you can have chowder. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> well, that's. Just, I mean, honestly, it would make it just makes cleanup that much easier. Yeah. I think it goes back to what we were saying before we got the mics going. That if you drink uh, coffee from the local, co- like, was it uh, Gabonite? If you if you drink coffee from the Gabonite uh, coffee pot, I think you'll be fine in the way yes. of uh, sickness immunity because everyone shared out of that pot. Yes. And it's probably the same thing with this place too. 
Uh, that was also great ASMR there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I just, I, I remember seeing that and it kind of looks tasty. It almost looks like porridge. <laughs> it, it, it's porridge with like squid in it. So with I don't squid, know. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. But I do like the fact that it just shows, you know, you know everyone's got to eat. And like you, you like it opens up on the the porridge being squeezed into a bowl by a quarren, which I think we confused this last time. So I just want to reiterate because last time we talked about uh, not a quarren, but a uh, we called him an aqualish. Well, we'll get into aqualish at a later date. Yes, honestly, because <laughs> I had to I had to make that mistake. I had to yes, I had to retract my statement to my 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 wife and like let her know as much as like you know what I'm remember sorry. I told you last time. And she's like, well, how dare you? I don't even know what you're talking about in the first place. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, so get to see more Aqua or no, um, Quarren, Quarren. and, and uh, Moncala. And, yeah. And I guess I do have a question about this. Like, why is this entire inn populated by only Quarren and Moncala? Well, it just it goes to the idea that it's a water planet. It's probably one of their settled planets in their system, for all we know. It's, I mean, the, the idea of the frog people going there in the first place is that it's adaptable for their species, right? Yes. Same thing could go for Moncala and Quarren because, uh, you know, uh, their their native, their home world is Moncala. Mm-hmm. But I feel like all water worlds have some kind of, sp- like, place form one way or another. And I'm sure it's just the same thing there. Like, they just, they gravitate towards that kind of climate. And also goes towards... Um, how they present home one and all the Moncala like ships in Star Wars in general, like in the in the lore in the books, they always say that the home one is like humid as hell because they have to keep that environment fresh for them, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure that like, you know, you won't see Moncala on Tatooine or the same thing for Quarren because it's just it's so dry. Yeah. So I'm sure that's why they gravitate towards much more, you know, aqua aqua esque climates. Well, I sure. guess. And that makes sense. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure in the expanded universe, like depending on which books you're reading, there's evidence that like home one itself, like if you go off of like the command deck, mm-hmm. it's basically just a giant swimming pool. Oh yeah, no, it's a sauna. Like yeah. it's, they, they just say as much that they, they like you sweat through your suit anywhere between like the, the deck and like the command center or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it's just like, it, that's just how they keep their ships. And it's like, it's not, it's like, they always make co- comments in the novels. Like it's not our fault. You know, it's like, this is how they, this is how they live. They're the ones who brought the ships to us. So <laughs> yeah, you just kind of have to deal with it. Yeah. And I feel like there's even like evidence that, well, and this might be like on Coruscant or whatever, but like Admiral Akbar's like room in Coruscant, like on, like in the Capitol building or whatever, is just underwater. Was that? And is, like is that Leia le- goes to visit him once, and like legends? she has to, yeah, in Legends, yeah, oh, and yeah. she like has to put on like, like a, a, a scuba suit. suit, yeah. That makes some sense. <laughs> oh yeah, because what the hell? Why not? Well, there is a point in I think it's like the aftermath uh, series where he's doing exercises with his like, you know, his. Moncala like axe or something like that, but I can't remember if that was actually in water or not. But mm. regardless, yeah, it just goes to the whole idea. Like I said, it, the the rebels are tough, man. If they're not freezing their butts off on Hoth and they're sweating their butts off on their ship, like they just don't give a care. Yes, you know, they, say what you they, want about the Empire, they knew about Central Air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but well, so, just well adjusted employees are typically more productive employees. So. That's true. Just made too many overconfident guys wearing a gray t-shirt on a hot day. Uh, That's right. <laughs> uh, what the heck? So what do we got next? Well, so, I mean, I guess while we're at the inn, we have the reappearance of the Mon Calamari Flan. 
the currency. Yes, yes. And we have Baby Yoda playing with his food. Yes, don't play with that. Which is, yeah. Playing with his food or his food fighting for its life. Basically. It's like, you got to get me out of here. They kept me in this tube for years. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been barely hanging on. They call me Chowder. And My name's Clayton. I don't know. And then, and then Din just stabs it. Stabs it. No big it. deal. Um. And it's not even like a, like a jab. It's literally he just holds the knife over there and it falls off. Yes. If you pay attention. Yeah, to it. it is. like You can tell like they clearly didn't really have any sort of practical model for this it so was just, just like uh, just put it there and make it look like something happened yeah <laughs> and it's fine yeah. it works yeah. um and then we finally get the quarren boat captain oh. telling the telling din that he will take him to people that look like him but it'll we'll cost, cost him. him i love i love this transition and i love the interaction between him and this quarren because it like it goes from it goes from the idea that this was all just a western to now we're going to like high seas, yes. high seas stake. We're going now it's a pirate pirates. show. It's a pirate show, and also again this goes back into just seeing how the galaxy itself has moved on from you know what we know as just starships and capital ships and stuff like that. Like we're on an actual barge, like we're on an actual boat that's floating. Like it's it's mm-hmm. cool. It's something that we don't typically see in Star Wars is boats and flotillas and stuff like that. Right. Something that's actually on water. And so I appreciated that. I thought it was a cool and they still threw it in and I still appreciated it, but I also appreciated the fact that they didn't make it the entire episode. The monster of the week. Well, exactly. The That's, mama core. Yeah. I mean, this time I actually wrote in my notes, like, have there been too many monsters at this point? Uh, and like, I don't, I do not believe there have been. Yeah. But it is just kind of like, okay, we get it. There's every, a lot of monsters. Every, There's always a bigger fish. Yeah. Every planet has a big monster. But I mean, to that end, they don't make it the center force. Which, exactly. Like, and we don't, we never get like a full look at it. Yeah. And... It's more mystery, mystery than anything else. So with the, with the first episode of the season, we obviously have the crate dragon, which was, it was like the actual plot, you know, trying mm-hmm. to get rid of the crate dragon. Crate dragon. The second, the second episode, we've had the spiders, yep. but the spiders were more of an antagonist than an actual plot device. I think right. they just kind of came as a result. Mm-hmm. And now we have the Mama Corps, which is literally just this like weird, like a throwaway line. A throwaway line. Piece. It kind of looks like um, what were the uh, what were the species in the Force Awakens that Han was trafficking? You know what I'm talking about? The Raftars. The Raftars. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that in the sense that it has that like <laughs> the like open s- maw yeah. and like all the tentacles the and stuff yeah. like that. So it's just like it's imagine it's an aquatic version of that. Yeah. That's kind of what I looked at. Yeah. But I freaked out whenever he uh tricked like i first of all i thought it was going to be a sincere like pirate adventure <laughs> yeah right i thought i thought he was going to work with the quarry and i was like you know what the quarry aren't that they aren't that bad yeah, let's redeem the quarry yeah after, a little uh, bit and then there's the ships ours brothers <laughs> like that yeah. they were like a, a few hucks short of har yeah that's that's pretty much what it went down the best yeah. cars are well brothers. yeah exactly and and as i think i talked about last week like we had you know in that episode the intro like on tatooine like they are go the they're ambush is they're the children, going for the child, the yeah. Child, but in this case, they're like like these Quarren know nothing about the child, but they, they just, just want the best car. car. Yeah, it's horrors, brother. Uh but yeah, I that was terrifying to see uh, the Yodes just completely like eaten in one bite. Yes, you know, swallowed and then, whole. And then Din just dives in after him with because it's that's heroic in itself. Uh, but then we have one of the best you know intros to characters. I don't know, 
so far this season, I feel like. Well, I don't at know. any point. At any <laughs> point. Uh, we have the three Night Owl members come out of nowhere yes. and just wreck these uh, Quarren pirates all to hell. Yes. And then finally we get that awesome shot where the one female Night Owl is reaching in, much like the Mando who found Din when he was a child reached in and helped him out yes. and all this kind of stuff. And uh, had the great thing where it's like the child is ate the child and... Uh, the other Mando jumps in there, and you just hear boop, 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 under the water, and comes back out like it's nothing. Yes, great. It's yeah, amazing. One thing I will say, like since just picking up on this, like as you're talking about it, like I feel like in the action sequences, it was somewhat hard to differentiate like Bo-Katan from Casca Reeves. Yes, uh, I mean obviously Bo-Katan has a more an ornate helmet. Yes. Um, but, you know, you know, but in some to... of the wider shots, when her back's to the camera, you yeah, you, you could tell. not tell. Yeah, yeah it, it honestly it goes to the for me when I when I rewatched it, it was the jetpacks. Uh, Bo Katan has a petite jetpack versus the other two who have much larger ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though like Sasha Banks and uh, Bo Katan have like the same frame, it was easier to keep track of that way. Anyways, yeah, yeah. But so like to kind of clarify, I think Bo Katan's actually who pulls. Din out of the water, mm-hmm. and, and Casca is the one, in. yeah, that goes in to rescue Baby Yodes. And then Axe is just a discount Django Fett. Yes, really <laughs> can we talk about Axe a little bit? Like, I'm pretty certain. Like, I don't know exactly to what extent they went for this, but he is supposed to be like tomorrow Morrison. And that's I'm. You know what? Good. <laughs> you know, because first of all, it's it should it, it, for anyone who's not that familiar with the characters of the Mandos and stuff like that, and like they know of Django Fett and stuff like that, and they have confusion. I'm sure the first thought is that it looks like Tabor Morrison, especially because the hairline and everything looks almost exactly like him in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, and so to that end, I got very excited when they pulled the helmet off, and I was thinking to myself, like, is that like. Is that his son? For yeah, is this supposed to be like, like Boba Fett's son? Or yeah, or something yeah. like that. And like, I, but I liked it because they also it also gives the idea that he is of Mandalore, like original Mandalore race and culture. Like you could see that that's where it comes from. So the same thing could go for Jango Fett and of the Fett clan. That could be a real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have a real lineage. Yeah. And maybe he's just disowned. Yeah, and but, the new like the new canon has been a little murky on that. I mean, like Legends, he is fully part of uh, Mando, con- Mando culture. Yeah, Mando culture. But in s- certain legend sources, they kind of try to paint this picture that even Jango Fett like stole a Mandalorian's armor. Yeah, and maybe he's not a real Mando. And there, I mean, like the 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 whole thing of it is, it's like. It's not so much that he stole the armor, but like he was being trained by a Mandalorian, and that Mandalorian died, so he inherited the armor or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something, something like that. So it kind of has its noble culture behind it. But I think we're getting into the weeds on that. Yes, a little um, bit. I just know. I just wanted to say as much that like I appreciated the actor choice for Axe. I appreciated mm-hmm. the fact that they were trying to keep it similar to Django and to more Morrison in that respect. Yes. That's all. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and then after. Baby Yoda has been rescued. Let's pour some out for the repulsor lift cradle. Oh my god! The armored repul- repulsor lift cradle. Yeah, R.I.P. Rip that door off. The yeah. last. Like, what the hell? Yeah, the last <laughs> vestige of Quill in the show. Yes, which is so sad. Sad. Uh, but then we also see the Mandalorians, the Night Owls, take off their helmets. Which is just where did you get that armor? That's yes. exactly his first thing he goes towards. It's like what? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, not this again. Yeah, and I, I appreciate Axe's line, just like, oh, he's one of those ones. So this and this is another thing. We have so much to unpack in like about four yeah, lines of dialogue. It's incredible. This is the shortest episode of the series by far. It's yes. only 35 minutes long, but there is so much packed into it. And it's so good. Yeah. So she uh, reveals herself as Bo-Katan uh, Kreese. Which I always thought it was Cries, but... She, Katie Sackhoff, as Bo-Katan says, Bo-Katan of Clan Krees. Krees. Yeah. Was that a, was that a, like, headcanon shattering moment for you? A no, little bit. No, I mean, it's just, it, 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 <laughs> I like, think it's, it, it, it goes down to, like we always say about, it's just pronunciation, depending on who you talk to in Star Wars lineage. It really comes Han down versus to Han, Falcon Leia versus, versus Leia. Falcon, uh, I, I, Twi'lek could, versus Twi'lek versus Twi'lek. And stuff like that. I always kind of thought, like, my knowledge of the Clone Wars uh, show and Rebels is kind of murky at best. Mm-hmm. But I knew who Bo Katan was. I always thought it was Cries. Mm-hmm. And when she pronounces it Crees, I like hearken back to being like nine or ten years old and seeing Harry Potter in theaters for the first time and going, <laughs> Hermione. Oh, that's, that's how you say her name. <laughs> okay. Her, yeah. her, Hermione. Hermione? Yeah. <laughs> I think Hobble I even like called her like Herm One or something like that. Herm One, Herm One, Herm One. Well, that was uh, Star Wars factoring in even back then. <laughs> Home One, Herm One, Herm One. So who the hell let him into the box? Off? Get him out of here! Yeah. <laughs> Tell him to go back to his room. All right. Uh, <laughs> so it's Crees. It's Crees. Which again, that's cool. I, I I think it sounds a little bit better. Yeah, um, yeah, it, and it kind of makes sense, and I follow it, and and it all makes sense, and but yeah, so there's a lot to unpack here because we find out that Din is a member of the Children of the Watch, and my uh, wife immediately was just like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> as well as her mom, by the way. Like <laughs> we get all the info from her parents, what because like they watch at the same time we do it, so they're like, "Connor, what does all this mean?" And, like, and yeah. well, Sue. Yeah, so, and so now it gets really complicated because like that doesn't, down, yeah, that doesn't mean that much. But then we have this kind of we have to go back to some Clone Wars history for a little bit. Uh, so the watch refers to Death, Death watch. watch. Yes. Which Bo-Katan was part of and, for a while. Yes. And Death Watch was also the same clan that found a young Din Djarin. Exactly. Obviously well, which, yes. The children of the watch, obviously. But yeah. I think at that point, they must have changed their name or at the very least, uh, they didn't go by Death Watch to their foundlings and stuff like that. That had to have been because he'd never heard of it. Well, know? and I think it's also, I mean, so, you know, the leader of Death Watch, Pre Vizsla, mm-hmm. who was voiced by John, John Favreau, Favreau <laughs> um, is killed during the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So it's probably just like in the absence of his leadership and like technically like Bo-Katan was his like number two. Yeah. And then she split off. Yes. And she kind of, yeah, she realizes the errors of her ways and, and rejoins her sister Satine. So now this makes me think, and I, I kind of, I saw some other people come up with this theory and I want to get your thoughts on it. So the thought is that Din is a part of a sector or a sect of, uh, Death Watch that was still under Maul's uh, influence, so to speak. Yes. Uh, to the point, and I bring it up because uh, the armorer, who was kind of the default leader of Din, mm-hmm. has the horns, the horns on, her helmet, on her helmet, which, which most followers of uh, Darth Maul also yes. had their horns, much yes. like you know Darth Mirrored horns or whatever. So that makes you wonder. 
was she an, an OG Darth Maul follower? Quite probably. That would be kind of like, like, oh. yeah. yeah. I mean, it's on one hand, like I'm as much as I trust Favreau and Filoni and everything, I'm not sure that they were quite so forethinking. But yeah, I you, mean, I guess you never know. I mean, look, they they've Could had be a hack, they happy started, accident. Yeah, I said they were started working on season two before season one even yeah, came out. That's true. Yeah. So for all we know, they actually have more of a set plan here than they did when it comes to mm-hmm. like the sequel trilogy. Yeah. And I feel like that's why they're kicking so much butt is because they have an idea. Yeah, they have a, a concept and, from kind of you know tip to tail, and they want to yeah, and they're and they're doing a really good job of sticking to it and not making it like too like bogged down mm. you know and, and yeah with yeah. it being a short episode i feel like it it's really well paced too for yes, that matter exactly i mean i think this whole season like i appreciate that they haven't they they're not wasting shots i'll mm. put it that way i mean throughout all of the episodes that we've seen so far uh and and then i guess it also there might be some more credence there because we know like john favreau did do one of the voices for one of the others in din's convent Yes, he like tries to on fight Navarro. Yeah, 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 and his and that character's name is Paz Vizla. So, so kind of a knockoff, but it's not a real Vizla. Yeah, everyone thought there was like a descendant or something like that. It's just, yeah, nah, it's just a name. Yes, and I mean again, well, and so I guess to kind of move it forward again, I have a little soapbox about like the aging. Go ahead, and don't get me wrong, I love the Mandalorian. It's so good. I'm so glad that they got Katie Sackhoff to come in and be Bo-Katan in real life after voicing the character for like 10 years on the shows, both Clone Wars and Rebels. Kicking butt. But the ages don't work. Right. (laughs) She's, she is 40 years old and like in, you know, by canon, she was an adult during the Clone Wars. So So she she has to be like in her fifties at at least. time. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, not to mention, she definitely doesn't look fifty. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, it's 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 like space cos- cosmetics. Yeah, you know, space Floreal <laughs> exactly. does well, a she, lot of yeah. not a heavy heavy lifting. I mean, she was the leader of Mandalore for a little while, so she probably had some pretty good uh, access. Yeah, good access to to all kinds of. Uh, it's like King Louis luxury. Port, man. They just exactly. use the blood of infants. That's e- how you stay young. That's how you stay young. Yeah, uh, but you know, I guess kind of the the issue is also <laughs> that it just kind of reinforces that in Hollywood men get to act younger and women, I feel like get to act or are forced to act older in a sense, more or less, Um, you know, because Pedro Pascal is 45, Mm. but he was supposed to be a child during the clone wars. Exactly. So presumably he's only supposed to be like somewhere in his mid thirties. Maybe I think it could be, Hmm. This would be an interesting thing to kind of play out because you could almost guess that she would have been maybe in her 20s, generously her late 20s. Mm-hmm. But you're still talking late 40s by the time we would get to where we are now. Yeah. Know, five years after Empire or five years after Jedi and everything like that. That's still it is still a very sizable gap because like the gap between the actual Clone Wars and I think it's is it. Is it Jedi or is it Yavin? It's about 20 years. 20 well, it's 19. Years. Yeah. I mean, well, so you figure. It's 19 years till Death Star. Right. And then there's three years between that and Empire. And then about a year between that and Jedi. Mm-hmm. So. Give and then take, this is five years after that. All right. So, yeah, nearly. So 30 we're years. adding 30 years. That's fair. That's fair. You're looking at 50. Damn. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, you know. So, and well, I mean, it's fine. Also, but, don't again, forget she has that hair thing. Yes. So, for all we know, that's just the it's a facelift. Yeah. It's a space facelift. <laughs> yeah. You know, but we, you know, it works. Yeah. And again, you know, ultimately, it's it's certainly not Katie Sackhoff's fault that she is how old she is. Like, I mean, it, I was thinking about this because I kind of was spending some time looking at the IMDb's for like both her and Pedro Pascal mm. as I was like getting mad on my soapbox and you know i think the thing that's hard to remember is like her big thing was battlestar galactica yes uh and she started that role when she was like 24 so whereas like pedro pascal like really never made a big impact until he was probably in his mid to late 30s yeah which was like 2012 2011 yeah he's He's oberon yeah Uh, i guess that shows how little game of thrones (laughs) i've watched Oh, we, Connor yeah. and I had a conversation about this. Yeah, uh, not on the show, obviously. Recently, we're just about yeah. Just, <laughs> uh, but I'm surprised you don't know that he was a big. It was a big moment. He's the one who took down the mountain. My my first real awareness of uh, Pedro Pascal's from Narcos. Narcos, yeah. Narcos, yeah, that makes sense. Well, and apparently he did like he did like some network dramas before then. Like he was like a detective on some N- or a CBS show or something like that. Yeah. And, um, he did but, a, like, but then like he was killed off of that, which led to him going on Game of Thrones, mm, made a big impact there. Then he goes to Narcos, even then, more big impact. Yeah, he was in the Kingsman movie recently. Yeah, he was. Well, like he was in the second Kingsman movie. That's not so recent, but still, yeah. and he'll be in the new Water, uh, Wonder Woman film too. Oh yeah, yeah. coming out on uh, on uh, Christmas. H- yeah, HBO Christmas Max. Day's gonna be amazing. So, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, but it's just like this difference where like. You know, Katie Sackhoff got her big start very young. He got his, and he got on. his much later. Yeah, so. no, I feel you, man. And I know it, it does kind of throw things around, but I I appreciate the fact that like they're able to make it work with Katie Sackhoff so much. And I also appreciate the fact that she looks like her character. She does, yeah. They could have been a complete gamble, like you know, obvious. I think that the hairstyle is is probably the most obvious like add on because like she's. She's not a uh, natural redhead or anything like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And it goes to that headband thing that I was saying. I'm sure that's all it is. Yeah. But it's still, they were able to make it look so good without making it look too cartoonish. Yeah. That it almost looked very, it looks like real, you know, a real person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's know. like, I'm not saying it's all weird, I guess, to me, just because it is, my anger is misplaced. I understand that. Because, I mean, this episode's great. She's mm. great. Everything's great. And... <laughs> But we're it, all great. Yeah. How are you? Yes. Situation normal. <laughs> I yeah. love this episode so much. Why am I so angry? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not to harp on it too much. I totally get your your perspective there. I also think it's kind of I kind of like the idea that so much of Star Wars they either play you as like the young, fresh-faced up-and-comer. Mhm. Or you're old and you can't do yeah. things as well. Yeah, it's like you can't I liked, be forty. I li- yeah. yeah, I liked seeing representation of someone who should be in that age group, but is still kicking butt. Yeah, yes. I like I like to see that. Yeah, that was cool. I what, think that's a good. Would good you point. Would you have felt any different if they had tried to lighten her red hair, like kind of give her some gray, like streaks? a little bit of a gray streak? Maybe. Yeah, like I think that could have been like a happy medium. Yeah. 
the sh- just shows she's been out there so long. Mm-hmm. Because you think about the last time we did see her was Rebels, and Rebels takes place before Yavin, so you're also giving that almost another decade. Mm-hmm. So, damn, yeah. He could have pulled that off. But that's just Mando's, bro. That's how they age. They don't crack. That's true. Yeah. You either die young or you don't die at all. That's pretty much that's that's man <laughs> that's Mando culture right there. <laughs> all right. Um but so them rating the uh first of all, I once it's all said and done and they you know, they're acquainted or whatever, and that's when Mando this is also another thing that I like about the first of all, the few first three episodes is they've done it they've done what they've done in the first season and they've explained the fact that Din is not who everyone thinks he's supposed to be. Yes. He is not the end-all, be-all Mandalorian. Hell, by the end of this episode, people are even, aren't even sure if he's truly a Mandalorian anymore. <laughs> right. Obviously, he was found. Like, he was a foundling and stuff like that. But like now we know, we've met actual like people from Mandalore, so it's a whole other thing, and he has a whole other identity crisis. Yes. And also, this goes back to his interactions with um, um, uh, Cobb Vanth and getting the armor off of him and everything like that. It's just a weird thing about, like, because he even says as much as, like, where did you get that armor? Like, mm-hmm. you know, just saying as much as, like, people are stealing this armor and I have to take it back. And now finding out that he's not even the most important, you know, Mandalorian. Like, he's just a stepping stone in their in their culture. And he has so much more to learn. And that's that's the thing that I love about this show is it keeps just telling you that, like, yes, he is the star. He is nothing special, like, without, I mean, like, ultimately, like, he is amazing at what he does, but ultimately he is such a small speck in such a large story and a larger culture and everything like that. I don't know. I just think, I think storytelling wise, they keep doing a great job of making him seem so small, even though he's such a large character. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, I think that's just going to continue unfurl. I hope. Yeah. But so I guess we'll. We'll move this back along now that yeah. I've sidetracked us for the last. <laughs> it's okay. However long, um, but so anyway, when like after they this sequence where they take off their helmets and Din's like, "You're lying to me. I don't yeah. believe you. You're not Mandalorian." So he, I, I describe this scene as he takes his ball, and goes parentheses home. yodes and goes home. <laughs> uh, another beautiful <laughs> shot right after that too uh whenever the three of them fly away in yeah. the sunset yeah <laughs> beautiful shot beautiful yes. shot so i had a curiosity so he's on the dock looking back out at them is he looking out at the ship that he was just on yep. and they're taking off from and yep. they like yeah. blew it up yeah they blew it up yep. okay yeah. yeah so apparently they weren't very far from port when no they, he, they did they really got on him real quick about it but also again this is this is this is space sailing, you know. People mm-hmm. are just they're so assumed. That everyone wants everything so fast now, Andrew. It's just this, that, that they gotta have it instantly. Why don't you just stop and smell the sea wall, seawater for for a second? You know, it just let, <laughs> it doesn't look like very nice seawater. No, it doesn't. Honestly, there's a lot it's of probably, mama, yeah, mama a little, little fishy, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, <laughs> so yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So and but so anyway, from there we we spin forward further. We get a very cliche kind of moment where. The boat captain's brother comes out of nowhere and says, hey, you killed my brother. I'm going to kill your pet. Yeah, his yeah. pet. Yeah. And then he comes right back at it. And the the three of them saved in and they're like, let's buy a drink. And then they go buy a drink. Yes. And he finally agrees. Yes. It was a cool that was a cool little interaction. And like it leads from there to another good shot of them all sitting on Din's ship on the Razor Crest. I love that shot because it just shows like. I love the Razor Crest in general. Yeah. 
but I love the fact that they're just lazing about on the ship like it's nothing too. Yeah. Like it's another just great shot All, of them. Yeah, pretty nice and comfortable. Just chilling, <laughs> you know. Not a care in the world. And this is also, I think, the first canon appearance, at least live action wise, of a Gazanti freighter. That's false. That's false. It is absolutely false. So where is the first one uh, from? <laughs> you will. I want you to give me one guess. Solo? No. What? Episode one. No. Yes. And on tattooing, nonetheless. Really? Yes. Like the Go- the Gozanti class of freighter. It's not like dressed up, obviously, in Imperial regalia. Or, yeah. Or even like, re- like Republic regalia or anything. Interesting. But it is the same ship model can be seen like above uh, Mos Espa. <laughs> In episode one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know that, like, I know that's what George was all about. Like, I mean, we, we've talked about, like, you know, you could see the Millennium Falcon in episode three and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. But for such a, for such a, you know, a, a Gazanti freighter, like, such an odd, odd name in general, like, that's cool. I, that, that caught me by surprise. I, I honestly thought that would have been, like, the first actual, like, canon appearance of it mm-hmm. but that's cool yeah yeah i mean that was i think i even originally wrote in my notes like ah, oh, the gozanti in person like that's awesome it is cool seeing that especially um after playing squadron so much yeah and like you know you're like oh i know this i've blew up a ton of them like yeah <laughs> i recognize this you know. this is how i get around in hyperspace that's how you get glory bro that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man uh but i like i mean I, this whole next se- sequence, I mean, this is your run of the build. Just we're taking over the ship. It goes back to the whole idea of pirates. Pirates, yeah. You know, and we uh, did we did kind of skip over uh, Frog Lady and Frogman. Oh, taking <laughs> daycare taking service. Yeah. <laughs> so I was afraid that this was going to turn into another like, uh oh, watch Horror out. Show. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna eat the rest of your children. But then, like, they had that cute little thing wherever the tadpole like pops out of the egg, uh-huh. and you just see his little smile through it. Yeah. Oh, it was so cute. It was so cute. adorable. Well, so it, I think we were talking about this before we got the bikes going, but like this is going back to, uh, I think you referred to it last time as interested babble. Uh, meaningful. Meaningful babble. Meaningful yes. babble. So we're getting a little more vocalization out of Baby Yodes here, and I love it. Yes. But like, I know you're hearing it from your son in general. I'm hearing my like two-year-old nephew because he's only just now starting to like say big words. Mm-hmm. But before that, like it is just that, uh, like that, eh, like a little, like little, like moans and grunts, I guess you could say mm-hmm. meaningful babble, as you say. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it is a good, uh, again, like I had to kind of that sequence and certain sequences with baby Yoda. Like I have to like, you know, Emily's not really a big star Wars person per se. So Do you pause should... it and like look at Sully and go, what'd you say? yeah exactly i'll just tell her like hey you have to come watch this it's so solid yeah like she just wants the baby yoda stuff and yes the obvious like you know echo chamber of like yeah this is what sully does yes of course so beautiful i want to see the baby i want to see the baby (laughs) Uh, but yes so anyway the the story uh, the taking of Uh, the actual ship yes uh it's it's great I love the fact that at one point they're just like, I don't know how many there are. There's probably 10 of them or whatever. And then like we scan, there's only four life forms. Yeah. It's Mandalorians. And they're like, well, we're screwed. Yeah. You know, that that is a great, yeah. it's a great nod just to show like people know that the Mandalorians are something that not to be messed with. Yes. So. Yeah. So, and we get 
uh, you know, so now we get to interact with Titus Welliver as this unidentified captain, ship captain. Just regular run-of-the-mill yeah. guy. And he's pretty, I mean, it's a, I feel like it's a noticeable performance, which sometimes isn't the best thing. Like, you know, you can kind of tell that he's like, yeah, people like know my face. Yes. They maybe don't know me, but they know my face. That's, that's exactly like, he's kind of hamming it up a little bit, but it really works. I think in this particular, he instance. didn't like, he didn't make it nearly as hammy as the guy in a cargo bay did. Which well, like yeah. even that like the cargo bay guy wasn't hammy to a fault. Like I'm, I'm sorry, Connor, I have to interrupt. Oh, okay. He's ahead. not the guy in the cargo bay. He is deck officer. Is he deck officer? Yes. That's his okay. Well, deck <laughs> officer. Uh he <laughs> he He was probably my favorite part of that whole thing because he like he was so confident he had all those troopers behind him. And as soon as like the elevator opened and they just started walking down, he just goes, Close it. Close close the door. And like close which one? All, all of them. them. All the doors. That's exactly what I would do. Close all the doors. Just, just keep them away from me. <laughs> it was so good. He's like, we've got her trapped in the cargo control area. Yeah. In the where? In the, the what? Where? Uh, <laughs> such good comedy. Yes. Such good comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, so I was recently um, watching again. Like, I, I've seen parts of it, but I've never seen the whole thing in terms of, like, the Disney gallery like making of Mando Mm -hmm. season one. So good. Yeah. And they were talking about, you know, in the first episode, they go through all of the directors and they talk about how, um, you know, Taika Waititi is a great action comedy director. Not that he pauses the action for the comedy or, or anything like that, but keeps it moving. Yeah. But he keeps it all, you know, very, uh, together, I guess we'll say. And, and I feel like that was just excellently executed by yeah. by Bryce Dallas Howard in this episode. Oh yeah, she definitely picked up some pointers from him. Like a, a, yeah. like, like a, a lot of notable like notable beats, I feel yes. like. Um and just they, this also goes towards us seeing uh Gideon again for the yes, first time first this time season. He shows up this season. Uh that like so this this also just goes into every time I see or read, hear, or deal with anything Empire. I always feel sympathy for the lowly officers, <laughs> you know, yeah. not so much the deck officers of the world, but like the pilots the and pilot the, and co-pilot. Yeah. in the ensigns and the, and the, mm-hmm. and the whatnots of them all. Yes. But essentially these pilots are just sitting there like trying to do their job, do their, do their damnedest. <laughs> and they're talking to Gideon, who is essentially their mo- like their, their Darth Vader, you yeah. know, like their head boss. And the boss guy behind him is like, hey, you know, the ship's under attack and we need help. And they're like, well, if it's that bad, you know, you're not getting help anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're not helping you. And so... we're just like, you know what to do. And they're just like, do we know what to wait, do? Wait, there's a plan <laughs> for this? There's I a plan for this? We're do. getting paid? I don't know. It's like, and that, like, I always feel horrible about it because like, I knew it was yeah. going to happen. Yeah. As so soon as he was like. Th- their last thoughts are lingering on, wait, what am I supposed what to what be am doing? I, wait, I, we didn't go over this in the manual. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then next, he just shoots him. Yep. I always, like I said, I just always feel bad for that situation because it's like, you know that like some of these kids, like think about um, what's his face from the Thrawn books. He just wanted to be a, a, a cargo pilot. You know what I mean? And next thing you know, he's like a lieutenant commander translator. Oh, uh, uh, the, Eli Leo. Vanto. Eli Vanto. I knew it was some kind of like country name. Anyways. Yes. <sighs> Agreed with all of that. Um, but yeah, so... And, and I appreciate, again, like we were talking about, like, they don't waste scenes. We don't get too much kind of excess stuff. 
And I appreciate that like this battle sequence is like, okay, here are four elite Mandalorians against like a squad. Of yeah. Storm a troopers. squad of probably, you know, pretty pedestrian, low quality stormtroopers. Well, I want to say that the, it, for them not being able to hit the broadside of a bantha and whatnot, like they I, sure hit Din a lot, a lot, and they always <laughs> hit them in the, in the perfect spots. They go for the head, they go for the shoulders, they go for the chest plate. They never go for any kind of joints yeah. or anything like that. Well, I, I kind of had this question, and we kind of skipped over it when we were talking about like the Mamacore, mm. Mamacore sequence or whatever. And you know, so obviously, what we do see is that the night owls are different. You know, they have this kind of lightweight looking armor. Yes. It's not nearly as heavy as Din's. Um, but we also see, and I feel like this is the first time that I've noticed it, that all of their helmets are pressurized. Yes. So, like, there was, a, was this weird thing when Din first gets out of the water. It sounds like he's, like, choking on water or whatever. And it's like, well, but then in the, like, next episode, no spoilers, like, he tilts it, up tilts his helmet up. and it goes. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's there is slight pressuri- pressurization, yes, you know, but, but I don't think it's anything you you can survive in space with or anything like that. Like I don't think we're getting that far, right. you know. Although I think that might happen in Rebels. Like Sabine goes outside of the ship Dude, with just her helmet on at one it's point. It's not it's not good to go for Rebels, man. Because like we were, we were talking <laughs> about this and like God, there was something about Kanan. Ah. Uh, well, yeah, you know, there, we, I mean, we're, we're going to go down. Rebels is awesome, but there is some like stuff that's a little hard to unpack right now. I think it's, you know, yeah, let's come back to it. You're going to you're going to you're going to get me caught up on this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I, I feel like it's something with like with it with um, uh, what's his face? Freddie Prince Jr. I can't think of his freaking name. Caleb. Uh, it was something he did. It was like that I remember we were like making a big deal about like he was like surviving in vacuum or mm-hmm. something like that, but he was able to force himself yeah. back into it. Something mm-hmm. like that. So he, kinda, he basically does like the lay America. Does Poppins the lay thing. Yes. He does the lay thing. So I would just say, Oh, it's Canon. Can't yeah. say it isn't Canon. Yeah. And I believe that episode airs before, you know, we, we've unpacked that once before, but we'll come back to it. At, right. At a Sorry. Different point. I know. But anyway, <laughs> um, but so I, I do Logistic. wonder if like Din's armor is, like extra heavy and Probably. like that's why he's just like screw it i'm going for it yeah and, like, he just throws himself out there and like i would think so i feel like when it comes to the other bandos armor it's like you were saying it, it's more flexible thus more agile and they're able to do more quick hits and runs where like that's th- that's the sense you get from din's armor all through the season is that it is impenetrable yes it is a suit of armor and like the, he uses it for that reason alone exactly so i think it was good i think it's well done and then the, once they're able to actually get into the cockpit and uh save the ship and everything there's a great like exchange between uh bo katan and the unnamed captain like a imperial captain and just the dark saber where is it like just well, it was just like once you heard it, it was ah, everyone freaking out, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you know, you know, if you know about it, then you know he already has it, or yeah. something like that. And that is like, I mean, that has like backdoor pilot written all over it, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like, oh, are we gonna get like a Mandalorian, like a different type of Mandalorian series where it's like the Follow. Que- yeah, the the quest to resettle Mandalore. Or that, yeah, that would be interesting in its own way. The planet so. itself is cursed, apparently. Yes. Which well, I did. So we we don't know what's happened yet. No, they, but like that's alluded to in the very first episode of the series. It's yeah, the like purge uh, the and client. Everything. Yeah, he says 
what the Empire did to your planet since the purge. Well, so to to that end, does that mean that they're kind of going towards what the legends explanation was for? Yeah, uh, that Mandalore, it's the planet the, is like poisoned. Yeah, the atmosphere. Anyone of Mandalorian, uh, like race originally if they were to come in t- contact with that atmosphere they would like die essentially they couldn't they wouldn't be able to breathe i think that's how it goes yeah and i don't know if it's going to be that or not well i mean i i think there's a lot of story to be told there yeah no i mean and it, obviously i'm i'm fairly confident that bo-katan and the night owls will be back oh yeah well even to that end like if we ever find sabine we know sabine is also responsible for a super weapon against uh, Mandos. Yes, so that exactly. could be another thing too. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I, he gives himself an out. And this also is another great way that they just reinforce that, they, yes, the Empire are space Nazis. Yes. We know this because he had a space Nazi cyanide capsule. Cyanide capsule. Electric cyanide capsule. How it feels that you five gums. I loved that meme so much. <laughs> Brandon kicked butt on that one. I, 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 in our friend group, I know he, he passed that one along. So You'll, you'll see it when we... Uh, <laughs> Most likely when we post this one. When we post this one. But yeah. <clears throat> I I don't know. I, it was just... I And like I try to tell us... Okay, so... Real, real quick sidebar. We've been doing sidebars this whole episode, so <laughs> give me a break. Well, as I say, this is a it's a short episode with a lot to with unpack. With a lot to unpack. So I had a random uh, text message from my sister-in-law over the week. Um, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, uh, my you know my newly uh, wedded. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm part of their family now. In other words, you know, <laughs> regardless, they're out in California and uh, they have uh, our Disney Plus account. They've been borrowing it, and uh, my sister-in-law texted me out of the out of nowhere and just said uh, that. Uh, Jackson wanted to start watching the Star Wars movies, but he wanted to start with the newest Star Wars movie. So oh God, please he don't literally do that. just watched The Rise of Skywalker. Oh my and God, that's it. That's a choice. And I said, I said, Jessica, what are you doing? Like always release order. And I was, I said, like, why are you doing this? Like, what, what's the point? He's like, he's, he wants to learn about it. And I was like, that's, that's literally the, the wrong worst way. That's to the wrong way to go about it. it. <laughs> that's just who Jackson is. He just doesn't give a care. So I, I just laughed because I told her I was like. You know, send me updates. Let me know what happens. This is a, this is our fourth episode of the new season, and I think that's the first time we've even acknowledged that Rise of Skywalker exists. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, it's it's hard to it's hard to come back to that. We'll come back to it, I guess, eventually. <laughs> yeah, at some point, we'll, we'll. But regardless, I just love the fact that she was like, "Yeah, he wanted to start on it, but we started with the with, with episode nine. I mean, come on, man. Yes. Oh, so right. so anyway, I'm sorry. Just to, a weird side part. Yeah. <laughs> To wrap this up, our last sequence essentially is uh, after the Imperial officer has offed himself. Yes, they've saved the ship. The ship yes, is and fine. the ship is saved. And Bo-Katan says, are you sure you don't want to come with me to go free Mandalore? And Not Dane right says, now. i got a few more episodes yes. before I can do that. Exactly. So uh, Bo-Katan tells him to go to the forest moon of Corvus. And the city of Caladon. Caladon. And there he will find Ahsoka Tano. Yes. So first time she's mentioned in live action. Oh my God. Another moment where everyone just lost their minds. Again, man, put yourself in your shoes like a decade ago. You, me, and your sister seeing that movie and just thinking to yourself, will we be this excited? No. No, nowhere near as excited as we are now. For I, I would have been shocked that they were still playing this 
this character. It was like, are you freaking kidding me? And everyone's like, no, you don't get it, man. She's awesome. Yes. Yeah, okay. So then um, Mando oh. says, all right, well, I got to go. So he just jumps off the ship. Which is such a cool thing to do. Like, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're obviously heading towards... thanks, bye. Yeah. Yeah, it just... just <laughs> Jetpacks away. The jetpack is awesome. And I then, love it. I know. It, it, I love the fact that they're not shying away from it in any in any way this yes, season too. Exactly. Um. So they and get he returns to pick up the baby, pick up his quote unquote pet, and he's like, "I have enough pets." Yes. But it was a cute little thing where he's pet like uh, Baby Yoda is petting the baby frog. He has learned a valuable lesson about the meaning of life. Oh. Yes. Uh, uh, even so, I'm still in the back of my mind, like, don't eat it. Don't, <laughs> don't eat it. Oh, my God. Please don't eat that. Well, honestly, hey, don't eat that. Well, it just goes to when we do eventually get a chance to talk about the next episode, I'm going to I'm gonna bring back the idea that he eats everything. But we'll get there. Uh, but, yeah, it was a cute little thing where he's like, I have enough pets. And they walk away. Yes. We and find we... out that – and then we finally find out that the Razor Crest is – it's – like flight worthy now? Yeah, it holds fuel. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah. But, but that it's... that was a great. He's like, I gave you a thousand credits, and he just he doesn't say anything. He just holds up his tablet and <laughs> yeah. he like confirms it. Yeah. Again, I love I love how they did the Moncala. They didn't make the Moncala any goofier than they had to be. Yes. I mean, it's already a goofy man in a suit. You know what I mean? Yes. But like, they made it so believable that he's just like, "Don't give me this, buddy. Just sign it." Like, it yeah. is just that thing of like, "This is what I didn't order for this." Yeah. Listen, so. man, I rig your ship out with the finest assortment of <laughs> nets. <laughs> These were all the nets I could find. You're yeah. complaining. Yes. This is for space travel, mind you. Yes. <laughs> so I, many room. For, so much room for nets. So here's the deal: if we ever get a chance, like you know, if 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 we ever get the chance to fly. Uh, the Razor Crest in any iteration, like if it was in squadrons or whatever, I would hope and pray that that is a skin that you can get. Yeah. <laughs> is the Moncala edition where it's just rigging yeah. everywhere in the cockpit? Nets. Yeah. Seaweed. Like, you know when you're in squadrons and you can do the free look in your cockpit? Like mm-hmm. do that, but have one of those squid things just walking around yeah. your cockpit. That would be so amazing. Exactly. But yeah, uh, I love that. And I love the little thing where he had to catch it. In front of Baby Yoda, he just still had to show off. Yes, and a Baby Yoda, to your point, eats the dang thing like yep. it doesn't even matter. Yep, it's so good. Just a hungry boy, hungry growing boy. So when I want, so the first time we watch this episode, this this is like the very last scene. Whenever they're flying away, whenever he hits light speed, I didn't catch it at first, but I saw that piece tumble. Yeah, I immediately thought it was the ship tumbling <laughs> when I first watched it. I thought like he hit light speed and the ship just tumbled off well, when yeah. they when they first take off out of the port there's a piece that tumbles off as well yeah yes. so that's not seeing that second piece when they jumped to light speed it's yeah. like oh this is great all yeah. good stuff agreed but I mean, uh, yeah so i guess just to briefly wrap let's give a little bit more detailed uh rating i guess go ahead i mean i would say i think this is my favorite episode of the season so far i agree uh, i mean i understand like if you're not real familiar with clone wars rebels etc like some of the story unpacking is a little over your head, maybe it's all over, but, yeah. uh, you know, but I think they, they still managed it in a very reasonable and responsible way. You know, they didn't, they didn't dwell on it. They just kind of alluded to, there is this backstory. Yes. Why don't you go find it again? And they did a good job of making it. So it wasn't like we're overshadowing Din's story so much that it's not important anymore. Yes. You know, they introduced just enough to make her an interesting character for anyone who's not familiar with, Mm-hmm. the backstory exactly so yeah, i mean I, I can't see many people walking out of this like oh this like this was a mistake to include uh you know this complicated uh, character i think yeah. if you don't know you're going to be more inclined to learn right 
Well, I, I'm all for it. I, I think it was good, and uh, I'm excited to get back here and talk about the next episode with you gentlemen as well. Chapter 12. Duncan, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Anything uh, cop in mind? No, I liked it. It was great. It all the way through? Absolutely. Ten floggins? I wish it was a little bit longer. Dank Ferrick. But whatever. Dank Ferrick. The, the best strand of spice in the, all the galaxy. <laughs> Sorry. But honestly, I had a great time talking about this, and uh, I want to thank everyone for listening and tuning in. Uh, did you like the episode? What did you guys think? If you had anything to say about it or you want us to talk more about it, please send us an email at greetershotfirstpod yes. at gmail.com, all uh-huh. one word. Uh-huh. Uh, otherwise, you could drop us a line at our Instagram, greetershotfirstpodcast, all one word. Follow us on there. Follow us at, at is it at Greedo? At First Greedo. At First Greedo on Twitter as well. Uh, we're still figuring that out. <laughs> and obviously, you can still check us out on Facebook, but we won't be on there for much longer. So if you haven't uh, already gotten to our other social medias, please do. And like always, I just want to say I had a great time. Brian, did you have a good time? I had a fabulous time. Andrew, did you have a good time? It was a boring conversation anyway. I bet it was. <laughs>